Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. It's the state of pro wrestling for, I'd say, eh, let's just call it the summer months. The summer months <laughs> right now, the state of pro wrestling. It is Gerald Glassford. Truly appreciate it. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It is also as well, my good friend indeed. It wouldn't be a state of pro wrestling without the guru of wrestling that we bring on every once in a while when he can stop by good man indeed you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing at the pvdcast.com it is mr john orlando and john how the heck you doing man i'm doing well uh the weather here in ohio is blissfully wonderful if i can if i can use that adjective um in the mid 70s it's beautiful it's making me yearn for uh for uh, summer to get kicked off in full swing and you know when when you talk about wrestling in the summertime you know there's going to be a lot of great shows probably quite a few of those at the independent level outdoors and uh, i'm just excited for summer i guess well i think in las vegas blissfully and weather left each other <laughs> a long time ago because it's already 100 degrees here so you know be that as it may but i will tell you my friend it is getting hotter Ho, 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 in many ways for the pro wrestling industry right now because we head into the summer months and depending on who you talk to, these are, could be some of the best times and some of the worst of times for the pro wrestling industry because uh, with everything that's going on as far as changes at AEW, is there a summer swoon coming for WWE? New Japan Pro Wrestling stopped by to do a show just recently here and also as well, the NWA. There's lots going on, my friend, in the world of pro wrestling. But you wanted it, and I, actually both of us really wanted to start with AEW. What's going on there? They just recently officially announced something that we already knew about. It was pretty much a, a worst-kept secret. Of course, that is AEW's Collision, the show that's going to come on Saturdays. Uh, and I'm just going to say right now, that would be three shows that they have now that are on the Turner, former Turner Empire slash now Warner Brothers, TNT, TBS type deal. It's tough to say, my friend. Now, obviously, uh, their stadium show all in for London, you know, we got to go ahead and make sure that we give them a whole bunch of love and a whole bunch of flowers for the tremendous job that they've done promoting that. I think last time I checked, they're well over 50 and closing in on 60,000 tickets sold for that. So that's beyond what we were expecting. But AEW Collision, whether or not the rumored return for CM Punk happens, because that is now, as we this reporting, up in question. Although I think, again... When it concerns money, all sides will go ahead and you know come to fruition as far as an agreement, I think, on that one. But your thoughts when we, you know, before we get into a, a what if scenario as far as our picks and you know AEW right now, where does AEW stand in your eyes as we go ahead into the summer months? I think number one, it's a big mistake to be on Saturdays from eight to ten. I feel like if you're gonna be on Saturdays, you do probably think about going six to eight mm -hmm. not only do you get that nostalgia factor for fans like you and i but i think that you could you know look saturday night's a night to go out you know and mm -hmm. hang out you know if, if you're you know if you're of that mindset and mm -hmm. so it's very easy you can watch you can watch that show from six to seven or six to eight before you go out before you go out and have a few beers with your friends or whatever you're going to do um i think eight to ten you're already at the bar. You're already having a few beers. And so I think that that's an opportunity to miss some, some viewers. So I think that that's mistake number one. Mistake mm -hmm. number two, and, and you mentioned it, and I think I just read recently here within the hour that there are reports that AEW's attorneys are now reaching out to CM Punk stating that we, they will enforce the contract. Uh, now, I don't, again, don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's you know, written in stone, but there are some rumors circulating about that. So I think number two, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, the only thing I say is that, again, when it comes to money and all sides, I have a feeling you will see 
CM Punk head up the show. Plus, for CM Punk, this could be his last big opportunity to go ahead and lead any part of any major wrestling organization because you know he burned up a lot of bridges in WWE and, and you never say never mind you because when it comes to money usually in the pro wrestling industry that always mends at least enough fences there but my gosh it's gonna have to take a lot for him to ever step foot back in a ring with WWE even though he tried to mend fences recently behind the scenes with them I still think at some point in time, like you said, where there's a contract that still needs to be enforced, I think he'll do so with AEW and AEW Collision. And if if they if the rumors are true that this is going to be kind of a brand split, I hate to use that term, but you're going to have Dynamite with a the roster there, and you're going to have Collision with a the roster there. Uh, maybe it would be beneficial to have Punk on one, you know, one particular show away from the people that bother him, annoy him, whatnot. And and then you can, maybe that'll be the way to smooth things over. Which I still think is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, yeah, I agree. There's money there. Instantly, there is a, a, a situation or an angle or whatever you want to say, a storyline where you could really make, make up as far as a lot of money is concerned between CM Punk, the whole elite storyline and everything like that. So, yeah, that's one thing I was thinking, D-Gen, when it comes to Saturday, I think that they're trying to recreate uh, that time slot, which was so well, uh, I guess, for TBS, you know, with, with, of course, WCW and, and, and what they did with the NWA previously before that. I really think they're trying to recapture the magic for Saturday. But I'm not sure in this generation they're going to quite do it. Do we need to have, though, um, a rampage now? I mean, that's that's my question. I feel like I everybody's everybody's focusing on collision and saying, do we need another show like collision? Do we need rampage? That's my question. I, you, I feel like well, that if show... rampage was turned into a syndicated show okay. around the world and taken off the Warner Brothers networks that's a different story, but in its current format where it's, you know, preempted or uh, sometimes by whatever's going on, baseball, basketball, what have you, or just basically it's a tape show. It's a tape show that they tape right after, of course, what they do at AEW dynamite. I I don't know. Like you said, it's just for me, if you don't have a better purpose for it, I think it's time for it to go as well. Or change it to ring of honor. I know, we talk about this now, what, the third or fourth time that I've been on here. We continue to talk about you have a a product, you have a brand that has notoriety. It would not be that bad of an idea to start using that correctly. Make it its own thing and just start promoting it. Hey, there you go. There's an idea. What do you know about that? But I know that there's also one thing that they have. They have, like WWE gets, an overabundance of talent, which they don't know really what to do with. And and you're seeing it now. But you actually made the comment on the last time we were on with the last uh, state or pro wrestling that we did was that you think the third show, Rampage, should be something of the nature of Ring of Honor related, correct? Yes, exactly. And with that, because that will allow those wrestlers to get more of a spotlight, because right now, with all this going on, and you said AEW Collision and and Rampage and Dynamite, one thing that gets really, really put under the rug was the acquisition by AEW of Ring of Honor, and seemingly it has just been kicked to the curb. All the champions that are defending their titles on AEW television it just seems to me like there's just no use to continue Ring of Honor if you don't really have a use for it. Well, it, yeah, it, it's exactly what I just said, you know, just a few moments ago. Like, it has a heritage. It has a, a, a mythology. I'm going to use that term, even though that's not, not the right term. But if but it you doesn't have its mean. own platform, really, what's it, what is it good for? It, exactly. I mean, no one's getting Honor Club. I don't think anybody got Honor Club when Ring of Honor was its own, indif- you know, its own, you know, uh entity excuse me i couldn't think of the word but 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. They're trying to think of the word as far as the Deadpool uh, poster behind you. Hey, that that's some classy James Bond stuff right there. That's okay. what that is. That's fair okay. enough. Fair enough. Indeed. <laughs> but my friend, when it comes to AEW, they do have an overabundance of talent that well, they're yeah. not. In, in a lot of cases, they really can't or are not pushing or promoting correctly. I, you know what? I, I mean, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but one of the things that we are going to do is talk a little bit about if there is a separation of dynamite from collision, you know, would you draft certain people? And just out of curiosity, a little, a few hours ago, while I was preparing for this show, I looked at the roster. Gerald, there were, number one, there's like three or four people. I have no idea who they are, and I've never seen them in an AEW <laughs> ring. Then, then you go to the other side of the coin where I'm like, oh, he's still under contract? Oh, she's still under contract? Like, because <laughs> they haven't been on TV in, in months. You know? This is this is very much, you know, history is repeating itself. We always talk about the problems with the WWE. It gets bloated on its rosters from time to time. It is now, in my opinion, actually, that they do have too many individuals to substantiate a continuous uh, product that's good for every single wrestler that's in it. I know that already in WWE. And you would think that AEW would learn from those kind of mistakes. But even with three television shows, stuff that they do for YouTube, things that they do on the side as far as any other matches are concerned, tapings at Universal Studios, what have you, I still think at this point in time there is way, way too many individuals on that roster to substantiate itself long term. Well, and here's another thing we have to think about. I I don't know if you saw this as well, but... Ticket sales for this, you know, for the collision tapings have not been good. Uh, 569 people for Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Wow, that's bad. So for every that every one of those London outstanding all-ins that you're getting right. 60,000 people, there's the conversely the Hamilton, Ontario's that you're talking about. Right. I mean, all of those Canadian cities are around 1,200 other than Hamilton. And look i don't know i'm i'm pretty you know i got my ear to the ground i know quite a bit about wrestling but i'm not sure how many folks in saskatchewan are running independent shows so you got to think that saskatchewan and some of these other you know less notable cities in canada with all due respect to canada um that they would be hungry that they that they aw says we're coming boom sold out in like three days 17,000 people in that arena, boom, because we haven't seen wrestling since the WWE came here when the Rougeos were on top. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so, yeah. I mean, this this makes me wonder, can you really support a third show? Uh, that would be uh, very interesting to see, but they're going to do it. And like you said, uh, at some point in time, push is going to come to shove. And with CM Punk, he's got to realize – I think that this is his last at what he's in his mid forties. So I think this is his last time to be a, a key performer with a organization. He may ever get a run in WWE. You never know. But at this point, I think with AEW before he finally burns that final bridge with them, he needs to go ahead and just say, you know what? I'm just going to suck it up, work the next few months with them and see what happens. Mm-hmm. What What is the, uh, the old saying is, that Jerry Jarrett had on his wall, you know, personal conflicts makes money, something along those lines. Yes. There you go. Businessmen. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. So with that in mind, my friend, uh, you and I wanted to discuss AEW a little bit. So what if we discussed our top five picks that we take in, let's say, a draft? Because you know how much I love the draft from the (laughs) WWE. Okay, I absolutely cannot stand the WWE draft concept. So 
I guess, to rub it in my face a little bit more, you wanted to go ahead and do that <laughs> now with us here. So absolutely. We'll go ahead and do it. So let's say AEW did a draft for each one of these shows. We're going to take the two major shows that they have in mind. And sorry, Rampage, you're already kicked to the curb as number three. I want to hear your thoughts, though, on a draft. I'm going to give you first pick. If I gave you first pick, MJF, who would it be, MJF? Well, wait, wait. Did you say, are you saying I said, that? I'm, I'm giving you to... the first pick, but the first pick we both know is going to be MJF. So I would give you the first. Okay. I, I actually looked at it from a different perspective a little bit. Oh, when I it would maybe not be MJF. All right. I, I didn't look at, I, all current champions were kind of absolved, if you will. They were removed from the from the uh the draft so to speak um okay so how would you structure this out because you when you mentioned you wanted to do an aew draft you just said the top five individuals okay so. okay so what well, you know what if you if you pick champions that's fine i'm you know i just kind of... i just see them as individuals now you know yet okay. you're pushing that you're starting let's say your collision and i'm dynamite or i'm dynamite your collision and i'm dynamite doesn't matter which show let's say uh i'm i'm collision and you're dynamite all right. All right. So I'm going to give you dynamite first off as a first pick. Who would you take? First pick? Um, <clears throat> absolute Ricky Starks. Really? I, I know. No, no, no. Hear me out. I feel like he has such the ability to be that white neat baby face that is missing in pro wrestling. I feel like it, and the booking has been terrible with him. It's just been awful. And and his true You've talent, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think his true talent has been sh showcased yet. I feel like if you could give him a spotlight on a new show, let him be, let him be the Barry Windham or, you know, the, the, the great white meat baby face, everybody's behind. I think that would make for such captivating TV. If he's chasing MJF for that world title. All right, so you would pick Ricky Starks. Well, again, I already told you, already showed my cards out. Uh, I'm picking MJF because I still think he's the future of this business, barring injury. I still think that, you know, whether he is going to end up being a super face or a superhero or continue to be a superhero, I really think that the future lies very strongly with MJF as far as this industry, whether he stays with AEW or eventually goes over to the WWE. I was just going to ask you if there was going to be a little footnote stating whether he would stay in AEW or jump ship. To you know, I, he's obviously very unpredictable in real life, and that's just the way he likes it. So mm -hmm. there you go. You, you, you just have to make sure your contract is ironclad, baby. Ironclad. <laughs> so you picked Ricky Starks for your first pick. Who would you pick for your second? Um, Samoa Joe. I think if you're building a new a new um, TV product, he's got name recognition. He's got that. Getting back to being the submission, excuse me, the Samoan submission machine, getting being that, that bad dude that you didn't want to meet in a dark alley. I think that he also can elevate a lot of those younger stars on your TV product. So for me, Samoa Joe. All right. So for Samoa Joe, for you, Mr. Twisted Metal himself, Sweet Tooth, I'm going to go with uh, somebody, again, that we just talked about, very proven and can get you big numbers, especially in Chicago. If I could do every show out of Chicago, it would be guaranteed <laughs> It would be CM Punk. So I'm going to go ahead and get CM Punk. You know, if, if he's working with me, you would go ahead and make sure that he, he's taken care of. And besides just the just the internal heat that he has, that he creates, he creates controversy both behind the scenes and out there. Uh, you know, he just he creates good storylines, regardless of the fact that he's just not the most pleasant to deal with behind the scenes. I just think that. He is a character that you can put on top or near the top, and he's going to be able to draw for you consistently. So those are my two picks so far. You've got your two picks. Who do you take for number three? Well, if I'm, again, building a new television product like Collision, and I wanted to have stars specifically for that um, mm -hmm. particular product, I, I think that this one, that my next pick, I think 
I don't know. I've, I've mentioned this to friends and friends say that it's exploitive and I don't think it is. And I, yeah. I would pick, if I'm picking third, I would pick Nyla Rose to come over to, to my, my collision because mm-hmm. I feel like she has an amazing story, you know, being the first trans athlete to, to go to AEW and they've not, ne- they never have done anything with that. And, and this is where my friends go, well, that's exploitive, but I feel like, you could do it in a respectful manner, still tell the story, still use it as part of her storyline in AEW without, you know, disrespect towards towards Nyla Rose. And on top of that, you know, she is got a great look. All right. She certainly is capable, as, as we've seen, but unfortunately has been booked in a, to oblivion, we'll just say. Okay. Um, DJ saying, uh, DJ saying his uh, pick, third pick would be Darby Allen. Mine, no, I'm not as high on Darby Allen as you guys are, uh, because uh, while he's one of the four pillars, I also think that there's a a ceiling where I think Darby Allen could go because I think he only trends well with uh, the live and local AEW. I don't think he's transcended yet to a larger audience like uh, some of the individuals. So I'm still at the very top. I'm building with people that I know can draw. And I know I'm building with people that can also build storylines and can be very good talkers. Uh, Someone who can actually go ahead and be able to continually build great matches consistently. And you don't have to put any type of question on whether uh, experience may matter. And I'm going to put Kenny Omega at number three. Kenny Omega, who has been considered at one t- time or another, depending on who you talk to, if you're not Jim Cornette, is one, considered one of the best individual workers on the planet. And if he's healthy and he's upright, in fact, with all these guys, I'm picking the, you know, all injured team here. But if they're healthy and they're upright, you know, seeing that as far as a one, two, three, I think it, uh, it sends it, it, tells me that I have at least a chance to get some decent ratings down the road. So with oh, that in mind, pick. my friend. That's a good pick. So with that in mind, my friend, who is your number four pick? Oh, number four. I I did it solely based on my head and not any type of, of dream booking. I put Chris Jericho down because you need names. I got Samoa Joe over here. I'm still trying to build some other people like Starks and some other folks. As much as I'm not a fan of him anymore, I just feel like his act is kind of getting a little bit played out. I think I'm going with Jericho for number four. Okay. Well, if that's the case, my number four is actually going to be a combo group. So, you know, in the way, in the full WWE, we can pick up a group instead of an individual at any point in time we want to. I'm going to pick the elite at number four. Okay. So yes, with the elite and CM Punk, a natural bad blood history right there for you. So I think it's really going to be something where I think there's already a lot of tension and there's a lot of storylines built in. Plus you could have MJF enter the mix in there. And then, you know, Kenny Omega, uh, you know, obviously aligned with the elite, but then again, you know, if he turns on the elite or vice versa, it could really be pretty from there as well. So yeah, my uh, fourth is going to be the elite, which be the rest would be Adam hangman page. And I think, uh, of course, uh, you know, the, the tag team of the world, so to speak, bringing them in as far as that's concerned and allowing them to go ahead and continue to go ahead and be a part of the elite as far as that. So with that in mind, uh, as far as I picked again, the elite, uh, as far as what I picked as far as ahead of that, Kenny Omega, uh, MJF, and CM Punk, your number five pick to go ahead with your top five picks. Um, all right. <laughs> the listeners and the viewers are probably like, John, you made some wild picks. But these, these again, going from my mindset that I didn't want champions, um, Number five is Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another gentleman that has a unique story, a, a great backstory that you could build around. Uh, hopefully, you know, his, uh, get, I, hopefully he will get well because I think he had hernia surgery, if I'm not Yeah, sure. he's. I think he's – I didn't know what this – I knew he was injured, but I didn't know – I have no idea what his injury was. Um, but I think that he that, – again, they did not book him the right way. Uh, he had all kinds of momentum when the 
the article that he wrote about his struggles with mental health came out. I think that that's obviously something that, that again, much like Nyla Rose, you could use it in a respectful manner to get sympathy if he's a baby face from the crowd. And I just feel like he's still also got, he's still got a lot to prove yet. I don't, you know, he's been doing this a long time, but I think he's still, he can still have a really good solid push. Maybe not for the world title, but maybe, uh, but definitely one of those other uh, secondary titles. You could have a great program with somebody like an orange Cassidy. There you go. Well, they're very creative indeed. You've had actually a lot of very interesting picks uh, for <laughs> me. I've gone the safe route again, uh, with the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page as far as the rest of the elite with Kenny Omega uh, creating that along with MJF and CM Punk. Number five, uh, I would pick someone who I thought this time last year had a huge amount of, of potential, had a lot of momentum behind him. He had just trashed MJF because MJF was being punished for all of his misdoings and misgivings behind the scenes and also in front of it. And that is Wardlow. Wardlow mm-hmm. is someone that I think that if put in the right context, uh, he's not buried with that TNT title albatross. I think that you could go ahead and create situations where, you know, he is actually someone I think that can stand on his own and has a great future in the, as far as the the world of professional wrestling. And if AEW loses him to the WWE, I think it's their loss. I absolutely no, think yeah. it's their loss. Mm-hmm. He's athletic, he's mm-hmm. big, and he does have a lot of charisma, and he does uh, he's starting to really get pretty good on his promos. So, yeah, there you go. There's my top five. So, yeah. And I also think Wardlow has done well having Arn Anderson in his corner, too. I, I actually think that that's helped. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's been the case when the other legends, like when Jake Roberts was uh, mentoring um, uh, the murder hawk uh, Lance Archer. Like, that, to me, mm-hmm. was made no sense but i think this one fits for some odd reason well i'll tell you what my friend those are our picks for what we would do with AEW. but overall i think right now AEW is getting to a point where there's going to be a decision made as far as the the number of individuals on this roster i think it is overbloated i think they blew it up too fast too soon and they may be feeling the effects later this year as i think the wwe will as well because you know they just got purchased by endeavor and i think endeavor is going to at some point in time they've already cut people behind the scenes i think at some point in time they're going to cut people in front of the scenes at some point in time as well as they merge them and the ufc into one you know shiny happy family that's underneath all of one umbrella but I think AEW is going to go through those growing pains, especially the fact that, you know, they're so closely aligned to Warner Brothers and their future as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. There, there's going to be some cost-cutting major measures. I mean, it, all, it happens no matter what the industry is. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, any industry, when there's a merger, people are going to lose their jobs. That's unfortunate, but that's what happens. And I, for me, I also think that speaks, uh, you know, I think the AEW women's side is still not where I need it to be. Jade Cardigo would have been my sixth pick, but I think when it comes to the A women's side on AEW, I think we still see a lot of potential, but we don't see a lot of big names carrying that company as of yet on that side of the ledger. I think Jamie Hayter's on the cusp of being a, a breakout cool. star. Yeah, Dr. Britt Baker was the closest that they had, uh, and they they kind of booked her out of that spot. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that that's something they'll regret sooner than later on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. But once again, it is the state of pro wrestling. It is Gerald Glassford, along with my good friend, Mr. John Orlando at the PVD cast. Please go ahead and support him today. PVDcast.com. As we continue on, my friend, before we get into some of the other 
notable things that have gone on in the world of wrestling. We got to go ahead and talk about the WWE, my friend, because, you know, it seems obligatory when you talk about pro wrestling. Oh, I'm sorry. Sports entertainment. <laughs> but I told you, and there's always, it's it's actually just proven because after WrestleMania, there's always a little bit of a drop in business and storyline and things of that nature for the WWE each and every year. It happens. It's inevitable. When you work your way towards something truly special, it's really hard to sustain that over the course of a year because they're already thinking about WrestleMania next year, as opposed to Mm -hmm. what they're really trying to do on a week to week basis and thinking how they're planning that out. So I ask you, my friend, when it comes to WWE, is WWE setting itself up for a summer swoon? I think it is. Just the storylines, you know, after the draft and has now that everything's settled. I just don't really care in a lot of cases as far as what's going on. Again, they have a lot of individuals that that have a lot of talent but are not really able to get pushed because there's like no room for them to grow upwards in a lot of cases. Well, I think that when you start looking at some of these storylines, um, and I agree with that with D-Gen from them. And I think Impact does have the best women's division. Sorry. Um, anyways, uh, the, the some of the storylines coming out of WrestleMania, I'm just not I'm not interested in. I I, yeah. I feel like the split of the bloodline was was is not a very good idea. I think that still has some wheels. I don't I don't know. I'm curious to see where that's gonna go. But I just I, I'm getting a little bit nervous that they're gonna break up something that's really, really been good over this past year instead of trying to do something different with it. I, I feel like they should be moving on. They being the Uso should be moving on from an, still constantly trying to get those tag belts back from Sammy and Kevin. I, You know, that kind of uh, uh, this whole Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, World Heavyweight Championship in Saudi Arabia. I don't I, I mean, I'm glad it's not Cody. I think everybody wanted Cody to be in that final, but if if Cody goes and doesn't win that title, then he looks really, really bad, and that hurts his momentum. I don't know. I'm just it's the best way to describe it is lackluster right now. Uh, it's just a secondary title. It's now more a secondary title than it ever has been when it was something I didn't even want in the first place when there was two <laughs> world title holders in the WWE. Now you're going to have that again. But this time with all the individuals that were chasing after or the selected individuals, that's what mm-hmm. ticked me off the most was it was a selected number of individuals, you know, like Gunther. Why would you not put Gunther in this whole situation? Because he's been outstanding. He's been champion, intercontinental champion for seemingly almost a year now, well, off and on over almost a year. He's been out front. He's been outstanding. And he wasn't even a part of this thing. So I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense what they're doing. I really don't like the Monday Friday champion. Anyways, I think you should just have one universal champion for both the men and women and tag teams. I think that they can go ahead and cross platform on Mondays and Fridays and how you could structure, right? The company did it successfully for years before. And I see, don't see why that they can't do that now. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous Get the belt off of Roman if you really don't like his part-time schedule that you created for him. So I really think that that's part of the problem there with what's going on. It's just they they have, with this whole concept behind and whole mindset behind trying to sell the company, now that's in the past and the dust is settled, you're trying to look for trying to appease the stockholders. And with what they have right now, throwing out another world title just doesn't do it. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to be a smart aleck and say, don't forget we also have the women's NXT Tag Team Championships, too. They're on SmackDown. Why? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But the other, the other, the singles women's champion stepped down when she got promoted to WWE. Right. Yes, absolutely. I would. That's exactly what I was going to say is if you leave NXT, you should leave the belts behind because you don't get to bring them up. Like, yeah. It's just ridiculous. Um, it absolutely makes no sense. But then again, has the WWE really ever made sense? It was getting close to it under Triple H, but it just feels like everything is slipping away and he does mm-hmm. not have the main control. It's, it's obviously the returning mm-hmm. Mr. Hair and Mustache, 
Vince McMahon himself, as we always like to kid on the show. So I think that he is uh, garnering more control. And again, at his advancing age, it's just really questionable if he can continue doing it in the manner that he once did. Uh, I wish not to be morbid, and I don't wish ill on anyone. But, Gerald, are we stuck with Vince till he passes on? You are damn right we are. Especially the fact that, you know, the the you know he's, what, the vice president of now? I just can't see him though as a vice president. That that just blows me away that he is not in full control of his own empire anymore because he did have his cake and eat it, eat it too in a sense that he does have still a lot of power, yet he did sell it off and made a fortune upon his fortune already in doing so. So he, in essence, he still has cake and eat it too. And he does have a lot of control still, but he is no longer the number one entity when it comes to his own uh, company. So it just, it blows me away this whole thing as far as how it's settled, that that how it, it's it's lined up, that he's still, after all the scandals and things of that nature, which we said he would come back, we knew he would come back. And unfortunately, everything that we say has always come to fruition. And unfortunately, it's not always been for the best. Agreed. And, and the product shows it, that... Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know what more to say. We've, <laughs> I mean, we we talk and we talk and we talk and we talk about it, and it 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 never seems to change. And unfortunately, that 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 makes me a little bit sad because I want to be entertained. I want great matches. I want to see more of the people that entertain me, and it seems like it doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree with you, my friend. So I think that you know we're already seeing a little bit of a drift. In the ratings already, a lot of that's based off of the current uh, programming that's on sports programming. Playoffs are here for both the NBA and NHL, so a lot of that has to weigh in on that. But I think coming out of it, you're not going to see great signs yet for the WWE until it picks up. Like we always say, it's seasonal, so as it gets to the fall, you start to see better things, better programming, better, uh, I guess, uh, angles, better storylines that seemingly are put out closer and closer to the end of the year, gearing up for WrestleMania. So again, tradition holds true in the WWE, whether we like it or not. What about SummerSlam? Do you think that they start maybe, you know, trying to put together a decent card for, for SummerSlam? Oh, obviously they will put a decent card together because, you know, it's a stadium that they're going to try and sell out. Anytime you're trying to sell a 50 to 80,000 seat stadium or even higher, uh, in some cases, a hundred thousand C stadium, you got to try and put something together to make it special. I know some, the name SummerSlam will garner just enough interest to get a lot of people interested, but to fill it out, you still need at least a decent matchup. So I think you will see a decent matchup or at least a decent headliner. Could it be Cody Rhodes uh, in a rematch against Roman Reigns? You never know. I just think at some point in time, they're going to go in and have to have a rematch and who knows? Maybe the way as far as getting the title off of Roman Reigns may do the trick this time around. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see indeed. Uh, DGen says uh, he feels that an old school Survivor Series is in order, and I can't say I disagree with you on that. I think that um, yeah, sometimes up. going back to the nostalgia will maybe help the case just to liven and freshen things up, so we'll see. I think that's something that with the bloated roster that both AEW and WWE have. I think that's actually a good suggestion. That's a way to get a lot of people actually on the card and make it exciting and interesting for people once again. But before we head on out, my friend, I think I want to ask you when it comes to what you're seeing with AEW and WWE, let me ask you this. When it comes to that, if you were to pick one free agent that's out there, and I would say free agent, Somebody that's in the independent scene, somebody that's with New Japan, could be with uh, AAA, could be with Lucha Libre, CMLL, could be out, out of Puerto Rico, could be just in one of the indie scenes here in the United States or wrestling in Japan. That's not AEW or WWE officially contracted. Who would you choose that you think could lead a show, that you think could lead a card, that you think could be a future of pro wrestling for one of those companies? I, I would have said, this is not my pick, I would have said the Von Erich brothers. 
Ross and they're Marshall. moving back. Well, that's news. Uh, as last week, uh, that the, their father, Kevin Von Erich, said they are moving from Kauai, Hawaii, which I would never do. By the way, I if I was to, <laughs> if I I've been to Kauai, if I lived in Kauai, I would stay in Kauai. But since the brothers actually have a great desire to go ahead and uh, get back full time or get it full time to pro wrestling, because it's really hard to go ahead and as a promoter to get them out of Hawaii because it's just right. the expense of flying them out. Uh, so that's why you've seen them only sparingly over the past couple of years uh, or the years that they have been in, in professional wrestling. So they are moving to a home base of Texas uh, to go ahead and uh, be more active in pro wrestling. But I would never leave Kauai, man. If you, oh, okay. no. Have you but, been to but- Kauai? I've I've never been to Hawaii. I I need to go. I've never been. Kauai, okay. Make Kauai Hawaii part of that, and you'll okay. see why. Okay. It okay. is just stunningly gorgeous, and I'll just leave it at that. But, my friend, I, if you were to pick one individual, okay. you so who would you say? Or t- tag team, like you said, you could be the Bombers, could be a group, uh, just someone interesting you think could shake up the world of pro wrestling. I I think uh, MLW's Alex Hammerstone. I'm gonna go with him. I think he okay. would be somebody. Yeah, I think he's got the charisma. He's got the size. He's got the strength. He's got the aura about him. Um, you know, he's proven to be you know a, a hot commodity for MLW. If I was looking to sign a free agent, I think I would go with Hammerstone. I think the easy answer would be the woman behind us, Mercedes Monet. Mm. Uh, I think that's an easy answer, even though she did hurt herself, and we'll talk more about that in New Japan Pro Wrestling here in a minute. Um, I think that if she were to go to AEW like tomorrow, if her foot was miraculously better and she goes to AEW tomorrow, uh, I think she would be promoted as the top women's wrestler. No question with her name value as the previous Sasha Banks, the woman Mercedes Vernado, who's actually on the Mandalorian, et cetera, et cetera. With the WWE, as you and I both, she would just be put as Sasha Banks again, get a nice run at the top, and then be right there on the upper mid-card, wherever they had her as sometimes champion, sometimes not. She would just go back to where pretty much where she was in WWE after that initial I'm back type deal. But AEW, she could lead the the whole women's division and be a, it's something that, that they could look forward to promoting for the first time in a long time, really, really well, because AEW doesn't do that now. But I think of anybody, I'd say as far as potential is concerned, if you did, if I did not pick her, I pick Will Ospreay. And I've told you this before. Mm-hmm. I think Will Ospreay, if he can stay upright, because he also gets hurt quite a bit, has more gifts athletically than almost any other wrestler out there, but also as well, the fact he has charisma and t- can talk. He can talk. Well, he, sometimes he uses way too much language, but he can talk. And if even in the WWE setting, I think he could stand out, which is something I'm not sure Hammerstone can because I don't, I've don't. i heard his promos and they're okay and the, he's a big guy. But if he's not promoted correctly or if he's given a dumb gimmick, you and I both know that it's all downhill from there. I think Will Ospreay is a type of individual that if the WWE tried to slap a, dem, a dumb gimmick on him, he'd give him the finger and tell him exactly where to go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, you get an agreement from, from the listeners. Well, I just, again, he just, he exudes something that, that, that's special. And that's something, uh, you know, we've seen over the years. I think at this point in time, he has to go to one of these organizations full time. I know he's going to be probably on the all in uh, in London just because he wants to perform in front of his country. I think he'll mm-hmm. AEW is allowing him to do that. I think he has to become a major contracted individual for one of these companies very soon because with the injuries starting to build up with the fact that he is now, I think, what, in his 30s, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. it's starting to build up with him and he is not going to be the same wrestler that he once was for very much longer. Agreed. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson 
and also the Las Vegas Strip. Or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, it's been great having you on, but we're not done yet, my friend, as we continue <laughs> on here with the State of Pro Wrestling here for the summer months right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is John Orlando from the PVD cast. And before he ends up at the end of the show, giving you the lowdown on why you need to check out the PVD cast at pvdcast.com, by the way, want to go ahead and talk a little bit about the NWA. Tyrus, as far as making and creating good matches, not something he's always allergic to. Uh, and I'm just going to say that out loud, that he's just not very good at what he does. It, it just the product itself, you know, like you said, with the roster. And I again, this I think the best thing that comes out of this as far as nostalgia-wise is the Crockett Cup that's coming up for mm-hmm. them here really mm-hmm. soon as we're recording this. You know, the, the concept of itself, you know, the Crockett Cup back in the day was a thing where they had, uh, you know, uh, 20, 25 teams, if I remember correctly, battling it out in a tournament-style format for, for a big prize. And wh- back then, you had international teams. You had teams from other organizations. You had really teams that people got excited over being a part of this. Now, mind you, they weren't booked to be staying very long for the most part, and and eventually one of the in-house teams would always win. But still, it was just that sense of excitement to see who is coming over from where to be a part of this. And then you look at the number of teams that are already in this tournament that are all seemingly in-house wrestlers, and you just look at the roster and you go down the line, and you go down the line, my friend, and you go down the line, and I see enhancement talent, after enhancement talent, after enhancement talent. And I'm just saying myself, man, the NWA. Yeah, the the NWA, I don't know. Like they have, you know, I follow them online and they had a very successful show teaming up with AAA this past weekend that looked like the fans were enjoying themselves and it was a pretty bit packed house. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, I think they had a good thing going, and, and I, I truly do believe of all the wrestling out there, COVID destroyed their momentum beyond belief. And they, for some odd reason, Gerald, they can't get it back. They just can't get the wheels a turning again and get back and making a buzz. You know, I think part of it because they had that the, the the old studio show that they was that's how they were presenting them their format. And I think that that was a lot of nostalgia for people like you and I, fans that really grew up on that 605 TBS, you know, show. And like I said, just, I don't know, they, they've just stalled out and I don't know what it is. There's, there's plenty of great talent in the Indies that you could easily take a few folks from the Indies and supplement your, your roster and, you wouldn't be breaking the bank, I, I guess, is what I'm getting at. You know, if you had some guys in Georgia or in Ohio or in Michigan, you know, hey, here's a couple hundred bucks. You could be on our show, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there you go. But, you know, again, I don't know. <laughs> and it just to me is depressing because, again, you look at that lineup, you look at the number of teams there. And I, sh- I think I showed it to you. I think I sent you the article on it. I, not, oh, I sent you the article on the the actual structure yeah, and what was the going actual on structure. Yeah. Yeah. But not the list of teams and the list of teams though. It's very sad. It's, you know, it, it makes even look like I've, I've, I've seen indie rosters look better than this. I mean, Ricky Morton, God bless him. Why would you put him and his son in whether it's one of the top teams in this, in the bracket in this, because the man is in the sixties mm-hmm. and you're still talking about promoting him and pushing him as a, as a near top guy in this organization that to me just screams the fact that you don't have much to offer there. In fact, there's a team on here, Yabo the clown and Rufo the clown. Oh my gosh. Does that say it's, enough? It's, Does that say enough already for you? Can't they just bring back the ding dongs? Can't they just yes. bring them back? Remember them? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's 66 years old. Thank you. DJ with, with Ricky Morton. And I just come on. And uh, and like I said, there's plenty of tag teams in the indies that would gladly get the exposure 
or gladly like to have that exposure for 200 bucks. Come on in, 200 bucks is what we can give you. You know, and they could actually add to the benefit. Everybody wins. Everybody wins if you do that. The, the, the guys that are in the indies win because they get exposure. You win, Billy Corgan, because you have low-cost talent that is good, that can have a good showing, and you don't have to, to do this ridiculous, the clowns tag team or, or the spare parts tag team of Tyrus and Adonis. You know, you, you can actually have good matches. And the thing is also as well, I, I spoke of this before that, you know, if you ever got Impact, MW, uh, MLW, uh, GCW, and, and the NWA together to work together to create one form or one faction, it wouldn't be so bad. It would be more comparable, would be a, probably a better product to watch on all accounts. It just seems to me that this this would scream like, okay, go to MLW. Give me, can I borrow three of your four of your top teams, and you tell me how far you want me to push them? We'll see what we can do to work out some sort of happy medium. Same thing with Impact. Same thing with uh, you know GCW. Just same thing with these these organizations, like you said, these indie organizations that have viable players that could make things so much more sp special and put it on a platform that benefits all these organizations as opposed to, okay, we're just going to go find the guy off the street. Yeah. Agreed. There's so much potential there in the NWA. There really truly is. There's the potential and you also have the heritage that you can play off of. But that's again, that's the big ticket. That's the big ticket. It's not the actual individuals there. That's right. the promise. It's the actual fact that still the 10 pounds of gold is the most, and the and the three letters NWA, which are the most important things to that organization, not exactly who's in it. And that's, to me, is still depressing that they've not been able to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Agreed. <sighs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do, my friend? We need to hit the lottery, and then we can just fix all of these problems. That's what we need yeah. to do. That's what we need to do because we talk about it every show. You know, what if they, what if we went ahead and we started to, uh, to, to look into things and to figure out things, whatnot? So you're right, my friend. You're right. It would be uh, nice to go ahead and do that indeed because we would make things so much better for the fans out there. That's what we would do. But what can you say? What can you say? But before we head on out, I want to go ahead and mention that uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling recently had a outstanding show here in the west coast here recently and uh, unfortunately it did start off with a bad note as far as an injury to mercedes monet uh, in her championship match, uh, match against willow nightingale uh, we don't know the extent as of uh, this showtime what her injury is but she is the biggest name uh, out there on the independent scene i think male or female right now uh, she's been obviously profiting from it and she's been off even more power to her because of it. But obviously things are in question now that she's injured, but you know, be that as it may, Willow Nightingale got a huge win that hope will hopefully boost her career and, and could probably now a lot of eyes are on her now more than they ever have. But with new Japan pro wrestling, you know, their forays into the U S has been a mixed bag to say the least. Uh, they still don't have a regular product that people can go ahead and easily watch as of yet uh, that, that's available on television too. There are still different ways that you have to go ahead and find their material, and I think that's still part of the problem. But your thoughts on New Japan Pro Wrestling before we head on out. Does New Japan still have the Access TV show? I don't even know if they still have that or that's, not. Again, that's, they, 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 <laughs> I believe they still have it. But again, it's still, I mean, Axis is still not exactly yeah. the the highest ranked television show on the universe. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and the lack of advertising, you know, shows that I had to ask that question if they still had it. Um, look, I, I think that uh, New Japan, first of all, sorry, I'm going to back up for a minute. I love the idea to put the belt on Willow Nightingale. I'm a big fan of Willow. I think she does a great job with her character. She's solid in the ring. She's just got a personality that's that's infectious. I know that that's probably cliche to say about her, but so that was awesome. Um, you know, I don't know. Ring of Honor, I mean, for Ring of Honor, excuse me, New Japan, you know, they had that dojo for a very long time in Los Angeles. A lot of people went through that dojo. Um, 
I don't really know why they just can't get a foothold in America. It's a, it makes me scratch my head. Makes me scratch my head too. I mean, you know, they had a nice turnout for their show recently, but again, uh, you know, even in Japan where the business is not what it once was, it is not uh, the same type of atmosphere in Japan that it once was. It still is very prominent. Let make mm-hmm. no question about that, especially in, Me- in Mexico too. Mexico, Japan, these are still very prominent in the industry, but it's because it's changed a little bit. It's still, you're not getting the same type of atmosphere uh, for even triple manias that you once did. You're still getting a great crowd and whatnot, but it's just, it's not the same as it once was in the heydays. I think of the eighties and nineties for both uh, the Japan and Mexico scene. And I'm hoping that that will change and grow and flourish because I think that, Especially in Mexico, I think that the crowds uh, and and the actual wrestling is 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 really really good, uh, and they also like you said, DGen as well appreciate New Japan World. But then you have to go through their website on that, so it's still for me very difficult to go ahead and get the products. So I don't know about NJP uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling going forward because again, they're in a situation where they're still very much out there and still very prominent, but. To an extent that it once was, I'm not sure that's going to be the case. You need to take those casual fans or those curious fans of New Japan and turn them into actual fans. Yeah. And that, I think, is the biggest problem that they have. I agree. Absolutely. They need to package it a little bit better. I mean, even uh, with their with their famous uh, January shows at the Tokyo Dome, it just didn't get the kind of, of crowds that they once did. Uh, because of the fact that the product itself is getting a little bit harder to promote in that country. So I'm hoping that things will flourish once again, uh, you know, around the world. Even the United States, it's kind of, you know, like oh, a little bit here, a little bit there. You said about AEW flourishing in one area in London, yet not in Hamilton, Ontario. So we'll see what happens going forward for all these companies. But before we head on out, my friend, it is the magic pitch time. It is the time that you're going to go ahead and tell everybody why they need to go ahead and check out your awesome show, The PVD Cast, at pvdcast.com. Well, The PVD Cast is my own personal podcasting project. Uh, every episode features me talking to somebody that's uh, doing some cool stuff, whether they're uh, involved in wrestling or film or comic books or um, hockey or whatnot. Those are the topics I love to discuss. Right now, uh, the current episode, I spoke to a wonderful and delightful comic book creator out of New York, uh, or ex- yes, out of New Jersey, excuse me, uh, named Amber Love. She created a comic book about her two cats, uh, and it's delightful. We had a great time talking about it. So if you get the opportunity, just look for PVD Cast and all those podcasting apps or stop on over to my website, pvdcast.com. DJN, uh, my good friend, Mr. Jamie Monroy, uh, who also has been on the show several times, been a great part in the chat. Everybody that was part of the chat and got a chance to check out what we're doing here today live, truly appreciate it. Says he's curious to see what happens June 29th. I think we all are. I think to some degree it's going to help maybe uh, see how things pan out. I also am curious to see how they're going to go ahead and lay this out with CM Punk and AEW Collision. If they they have to be separated between the elite and CM Punk and not just say, you know what, guys, get them in a room. This needs to be worked out. We need to go ahead and do an angle with you guys. There's natural heat there. This could make a ton of cash for AEW. Let's go ahead and do this. If they can't come to agreement on that and get things going, I really think that's a mistake and a missed opportunity. I could not agree more. This is about money, money. You're, they're leaving money on the Mercedes table. Mercedes money. Yeah, exactly. You know what we would convince them is if we came in in, in uh, sequenced suits holding million-dollar titles. I think that Absolutely. would be it. So Jamie's <laughs> looking forward to AEW Fight Forever. Looking forward to that to see if that can actually be a effective wrestling video game and, and seeing how that matches up with the 2K Oh, it is June 29th. Okay, so that is the AEW fight where June 29th. I thought it was July for some reason. But any last thoughts before we head on out? Nope. All I'm going to say is this. 
if you love wrestling, go see some independent wrestling because as we just mentioned, you know, that's where some great talented people are applying their trade. Keep supporting the wrestlers you like, no matter if they're in AEW, WWE, independence, whatever. Well, we'll see what happens, my friend. Keeping alive the spirit of pro wrestling, a.k.a. sports entertainment. You call it what you want. I call it what I want. Grappling, pro wrestling, whatever you want to do, you ever want to say. It is, of course, John Orlando, State of Pro Wrestling. Please go ahead and support him today at the PVD, at the PVDcast.com. Again, appreciate everybody for stopping by. DJN for stopping by as well. Thanks so much for being part of what we do here right away each and every time out for the state of pro wrestling at the pop culture cosmos you're listening to a weeby geeks network podcast tangent bound network let your voice be heard tangentboundnetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.